This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mix in just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Pauly, and their dog Ninja. Let's welcome to this week's Fear of the Week episode. The uh, official term, as I've decided, will now be Hibbley Horror Story Presents the Fear of the Week featuring author Leslie Fear. That seems kind of kind of long, but it's yeah, well, it's that's pretty, okay. It's a pretty damn awesome title. Yeah, I I'm like sure it. Leslie appreciates it. Of course. So anyways, uh, as usual, we're going to do a little story. And then after that, Leslie will be on. And her Fear of the Week this week is going to be on the Tri-State Crematorium in Georgia. And this is a story that uh, if you haven't heard, it's a true story, obviously. But if you haven't heard, you are going to be fascinated by. But first, as usual, our short story. Are you ready? I'm ready, babe. Okay. This one is a location, or at least a type of location, that we definitely have not done a show on, period. This would be a first. A haunted radio station. Ooh. About that. Yeah, I could almost see that for sure. This is KWJJ radio station. And a little history on this one. The building was that the radio station was in is actually built in 1893 by a bank tycoon by the name of Theodore Wilcox Jr. It was 12,000 square feet, and he spared no expense on this thing. I mean, it was absolutely beautiful inside and out. 11 bedrooms, five and a half bathrooms, mahogany paneling all the way through the whole place, seven fireplaces surrounded by onyx and marble. Oh, wow. That does sound pretty dang amazing. This is up in Portland, uh, Oregon, by the way. Okay. So during World War II, the building was leased by the Soviet government. It was then purchased by the Russians, or a a Russian, not the Russians. It was a Russian by the name of Ariel Rubenstein. Ariel. That's a man? Yes, it is a man. He was actually a concert pianist. And he used the mansion as a, a, a music school, more or less. Nice. So he had a lot of students coming in and out. In 1959, Rod and Betty Johnson, they bought the building, and they converted it into a radio station, KWJJ. Here's the funny part. The building had been around at this point for about 65 years. There was absolutely no paranormal activity reported until it became a radio station. Hmm, that's a pretty fancy radio station, sounds like. Yes. Well, I don't know how fancy it was 65 years later. Originally, it was a house uh-huh. built for his wife and all that stuff. And then through years of being converted to businesses and stuff like that, who knows oh, okay. what gotcha. it was. So I think it was because it was a country radio station. That's my guess. Oh, stop it. That's what caused the haunting. Nope, that's the best. Because, I mean, that would aggravate me into a haunting if I was a ghost. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, great, I'm stuck here for eternity, and now i got to listen to this crap. 
Whatever. That's what I would think. Get over yourself. These paranormal experiences started happening within weeks of the radio station actually moving in. Most of this activity was prankster-type stuff. Like the large chandelier that they had would just start swinging on its own. Doors would open or lock on their own. Paper would blow off of a desk that with, with no uh, any kind of uh, breeze or anything in there. And pictures would get turned completely upside down. So they'd still be hanging up, but they'd be upside down. There were some occasions where some random mysterious objects would get left by the spirits. For example, one specific object was a plastic statuette of the Virgin Mary. Nobody know where it came from. It just showed up, and there it there it was. Oh wow! I mean, it, the the statue just showed up. Yeah. Oh. So there's one spirit that likes to run up and down the halls. There's another that likes to play in the bathroom, slamming stall doors and throwing around rolls of toilet paper. How'd you like to be alone in the bathroom, and you're in the stall and the stall door next to you just slams shut as hard as it could be? No. Good thing I'm on my toilet. <laughs> This place isn't just bathroom hijinks, though. They spotted some full apparitions. One, commonly seen as a man in a white suit and hat. He seems to only manifest by the grand piano. Is it Colonel Sanders? I don't think it was Colonel Sanders. It was a piano, not a bucket of chicken. So that would make more well, sense. Well, you know what? He may have had mad skills on the piano before he even thought about chicken. That's true. So. I, don't, I don't know enough about... Uh, Colonel Harlan Sanders to know about his diverse music skills or lack of. <laughs> so anyways, some people seem to think that this was one of the students when the music school was there in the 1950s. He just walked in a circle around this elegant piano. Except at nighttime. See, during the day, he walks in circles. At nighttime, though, there are several employees that reported hearing music coming from the piano even when there was nobody else in the building. There's also a young woman dressed in a black dress and a white hat that would have been a servant's uniform in the 1920s. Most assume that this was Theodore Wilcox Jr.'s servant. So she's mainly seen walking up and down the steps as if she's got some kind of an errand to run that, mm-hmm. that she just never can complete. It's possible that Theodore Wilcox Jr. may also be here as well because there's an elderly gentleman with white hair who's wearing mostly dark clothes. They're said to be kind of basic clothes. Mm -hmm. Nothing fancy, nothing plain. He is normally seen in the attic. He's been seen in the downstairs hallway on rare occasion, but not very often. But not all the spirits here would appear to be friendly. Now we get to the basement area. There's an entity there. That's a gray, shapeless apparition. This one is mean and has been known to chase the visitors out of the basement area. So most of these spirits seem to show themselves after dark, usually later in the evening when it's just DJs and the cleaning crew there. And they seem to be the ones who work latest into the night. Yeah. So they tend to be the ones that see them. The radio station once offered tours, but they stopped doing tours because... And this is their words, not mine. The news of the hauntings attracted undesirables. I guess they felt like the people coming to see that were people they didn't want to deal with. Oh. Paranormal fans and stuff. Well, that would hurt my feelings. I know it. So they stopped doing the tours. And uh, now the radio station, I don't know if the radio station exists anymore. Mm-hmm. I know it is no longer in that building. 
So it's offices and stuff through there, but the yeah. radio station is not in that building. Wow. That's, they're, they're rude. They are rude. Well, you, I mean, people come in and paying good money to see you, and you're just going to act like that? I don't know. I guess they figured there was a bunch of kooks and stuff like that, or they just, they probably weren't believers, which all that stuff going on and the news is out there. Some, you know, how you not believe? Yeah, that's so. true. Oh, well. Anyways, here's what it is. So let's do this. Uh, let's take a quick break from our sponsor. We'll be back with the fear of the week. You are listening to the fear of the week. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Fear of the Week with author Leslie Fear. Pick up her books on Amazon.com. Leslie, it's great to have you back again this week. Thank you. It's good to be back. Well, this story you have tonight is extremely disturbing because when you lose a loved one, that's a horrible a thing to have to deal with to begin with. No. But then you have to take... Yeah, it really is. And then you have to take care of all of the planning of funerals and burials and all that stuff. And you go to people that you feel like you can trust to handle this very delicate situation. And it turns out you can't really trust everybody that you think you should be able to trust with your loved ones. No, you, you really can't. And in 1996, that actually happened. So the Tri-State Crematory in Georgia, it was run by Ray Brent Marsh, which was actually run by his father, Tommy Marsh. And he had to take it over because he had this college, this college scholarship and, and he had to leave because his dad was ha- his dad had failing health. So he couldn't do it anymore. So he said, you know, I'll come back. I'll take care of things. It'll be fine. So he comes back and he's there for a good six years and he's taking care of the funeral homes. He's taking care of the, the family members that, you know, wished for their family members to be cremated and everything was, was, was good, hunky dory. But it ended up being like a Stephen King novel because things started going awry. Um, neighbors were noticing bad situations and in bad situations, I'm, I mean, like, uh, they were noticing bodies all over the properties, um, or the smell, or, well, we'll just keep going. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the complaints, when they called the cops, they would go, the cops wouldn't come out. No one cared. And I don't know if it was because it was one of those things where they just didn't th- want to deal with it or I really don't even know why I just know that they really didn't put too much thought into it they were like you know what it's fine it's his property who knows he could be also dealing with animals we don't know I know it doesn't smell great deal with it get over it I guess about six years into it it had gotten so bad that the authorities finally came out after so 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 many complaints from neighbors and passers-by all these people that knew something was going on they could smell they could see they could do all these things come to find out there were full full bodies hanging out of caskets bodies tossed around bodies in in, in broken down hearse bodies in wooden crates 
bodies hanging halfway out of a crematory facility, and uh, even sweet little bodies of babies. It was bad. After like a $10 million cleanup by the government, 334 bodies were found abandoned and, and uncremated. So the people that actually got their urns, because it wasn't there, they weren't complaints from the people that actually got their urns. They actually got, you know, that cement powder that, that they put mm-hmm. that actually in the urn. And yeah, it was the cement dust. So of course everyone was horrified. And Ray Brent Marsh was brought up on 787 felony counts. And, and no one knows really why, but what they conclude and what his father died of was mercury poisoning. This is why it was so interesting to me. And you're like, what? And what was, what was going on is the crematory they were using wasn't working correctly. And I guess in some of the older bodies, because this is back in 1996, so we're looking at, you know, what? How many years? How many years is that? 20 years? 20-something years? 24 years? Yeah. And even things before, you know, and, and bodies before that. People had this kind of fillings. It was called amalgam fillings that have mercury in them. And when you put them in the crematory and your crematory wasn't working right and the ventilation wasn't good... You, the person that was working the machine, would get mercury poisoning. And it was bad. Like, it would it would make you a little crazy. And his dad died of it. And then all of a sudden, they think this is why Ray was just doing all these weird things. Leaving bodies out. Displaying them. Propping them in different places. Leaving them for whatever. And it was just craziness. They think, they think that's why. But I thought that was so interesting that someone's actual feelings in their teeth could cause other people harm just in the, just in their work, just in something they're trying to help another family. He actually went crazy. Like a modern day mad hatter. He was just nuts by the time he was done. And this is only six years into it. I mean, weren't there people coming in and out of there besides just him and his, you know, father or whoever else worked there? I mean, (laughs) There had to have been other situations where somebody could tell what was going on. I mean, this guy, yeah, he apparently I, was a little I, yeah. office rocker. But. He was. And, you know, there were people that were complaining about it all the time, if nothing else, just the neighbors. But I also think you're right. I think maybe even somebody finally said, listen, this isn't good. We're seeing bad stuff. And this guy's crazy nuts anyway. And he's coming to get these bodies and he's just nuts. So I'm wondering if that's what finally did it. But I was just so intrigued by the fact that this filling in someone's teeth could, you know, and, and the actual debris from it, from firing it up in a, in a crematory that really wasn't even working in the first place, could actually do that much damage uh, to someone's head, to someone's mind. And that was crazy intriguing to me. So this is this is my little... Weird story. That I mean, I, I, had to create. I knew that they used to use mercury in filling. Mm-hmm. That that I knew, but I didn't know that about uh, the results from a crematorium causing you to go crazy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from yeah. mercury poisoning if the ventilation wasn't good in there. Yeah. And after all this happened, of course, it was just such a really horrific, horrific sight. And they had to, of course, 
lay the bodies to rest and make sure that they had the right kind of burial, whether the families decided to continue to just cremate the rest of the remains or bury them. They didn't talk about that, but they did destroy every single thing that was on the property that housed anything like that, which was good. So can you imagine the, the haunting places <laughs> of that land? Can you imagine? I don't even... Yeah, but- but theoretically, though, the bodies, when they got there, were already dead anyway. So there might not be any haunting well, there. That's it's just true. a body. But, you know, when you, like, don't show the respect that you need. Although he was crazy in his own right, maybe they just were like, oh, we forgive you. What do you think about it, Tracy? <laughs> I think that's a crazy story, just like you said. We were talking about the mercury and teeth and stuff like that. And Jerry said they really don't do that anymore, unfortunately. They do that still. Oh, they do? Really? The old time dentist, the old time dentist would just as soon put mercury amalgam, is what we call it, in the teeth than the tooth colored. And I don't know. It's just old school. That's what they do. Um, so the, the silver, anytime somebody's got a silver filling, that's got the mercury in it, right? Yes. It's got mercury in it. And those silver fillings, they, they'll crack, they'll leak. And that can cause you to be sick. I mean, it can it can cause you to get sick. Wow. We still have some patients that come in and say, oh, no, I want the silver film. I'm like, why in the world would you want that? You know, why wouldn't you just get the tooth-colored filling? Nobody would ever know. And it's just so much better for you. But most of the old-school dentists, they will still do that amalgam, and it's just horrible. But, yeah, they it can cause you to be sick. I had no Once idea leaks, you worked <clears throat> in this field. Did you... <laughs> How did I miss oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> I no oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Gosh, I've been working in the dental field since like 1990 or something. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah. this is probably even more interesting to you in that respect because yeah. you know probably way more than I do about any of this stuff. So, wow. that's Thank God things have gotten a lot better today as far as what we put in people, people's mouths and stuff like that. But, you that's know. That's what she said. Huh? What? No, I was going to say, I mean... You know how they say they can identify you with your dental records? How in the heck? I still don't understand that. Yeah, I always said that, too. It's like, if they don't know who you are, how the hell they know who your dentist is? I don't know how they do that, but they do. It's just, that is amazing to me. Well, you know, it's funny because my friend that maybe we'll have on sometime, um, Jerry, my friend Vanessa Hogle, she has been working in dentistry for years and years she does pediatric dentistry she does cool. the yeah she does the um she's a pediatric uh, dental assistant i'm not sure how they do the the actual identity i'm sure it's from the molds they do they check that it's kind mm-hmm. of like a fingerprint type thing I, w- I would think i don't i don't know she would tell you more but she actually uncovered mm-hmm. that is it henry mudget hh uh, H. holmes is this henry or harry is it henry mudget yeah, Henry yeah. Roger, H.H. Holmes. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, they thought they had the skull of him at one point. Uh, she pretty much uh, debunked that, that it wasn't him at all. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. cool. That's yeah. very cool. She's talking about the mandala well, and all these things, and I'm like, oh, I don't yeah. even mm-hmm. understand what you're talking about. But she, <laughs> she, yeah, I'm like, okay, whatever. But yeah, she, she, and she was saying on that fourth, whatever, and you know, but she knew what she was talking about, and it was, it was yeah. crazy cool. So we'll have to have her on, Jerry, because she's, she's, yeah, she's that'd cool. be cool. Yeah, she's. Cool. Well, let me let me educate you for a second. The mandala is a stringed instrument that you play. <laughs> A lot of bluegrass musicians play it. They'll play their mandala. Are you giving, ah, are you're you giving so me some more crap here? 
Uh-huh. Yeah, he is. <laughs> you got to add an N onto that. I know what a mantle is, though. It's a jawbone. Yeah, I, well, yes, yes. And, and yeah, I don't even, man, I don't even want to go there with you because you're going to just, you're not going to edit this out either, which is fine. <laughs> That's so, not true. <laughs> you are. You know, okay. they, they wouldn't have any, like, if they had to identify me by my teeth, they would probably be able to because I have a crown that has the UK logo on it. You do so, not. I swear I have it. I, oh the my guy that, God. Yeah. Well, you know, I love I love UK, man, and uh, the guy that did our lab or did our crowns at the lab. I was just teasing with him. I'm like, dude, I'd like to get the UK on my on this crown. He's like, well, you want me to try it? And of course, he tried the first one, and it was horrid. But it's hard to do on such a little object. Right. So he came back and did it again, and it looked pretty decent. I thought so. I've seen people write someone's name on a grain of rice. So. That's very true. Very or, true. Or make a. Or recently, I saw on the news. I, I guess it was a uh, a gingerbread house on a mm-hmm. what? What a strain of hair! Not it's smaller than a strain of hair or a strand of hair. Oh, good lord! Isn't what? that something? That yeah, is amazing. Really? Yeah. I mean, what's the purpose though? Because we can? Yeah. I, I don't even know. I guess, yeah. I don't know, because we're talking about it, so I guess that's the purpose. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's right, exactly. There, but, but that is my story on uh, Tri-State Crematory in Georgia. Ray Brent Marsh. Wow. That is that is so cool. It's so yeah. fun to learn all these stories. You got that, you got that one, and you got the one in Indiana, uh, Indiana where the people were taking the dead babies and putting them up in the ceiling. What I, the hell? Now, yeah. I, I don't even, I'll have to look that up because what? That yeah. was actually probably in the last 10 years. Oh, oh my God. It might have even been in the last five or six years. Yeah, it was just, it was, you know, within a decent amount of time. It wasn't, you know, fairly recent. But yeah, they were taking, uh, same situation, not cremating bodies mm. or they were giving you somebody else's loved ones. And, but there were all these different. I just don't know how people can live with themselves. How can you live with yourself to do stuff like that? But you know, I, I think I see. I think you're right. I, 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 you and I know. I don't know about Jerry, but you and I know. But this guy had mercury poisoning. See, Jerry, what I did there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you see mm-hmm. that, Jerry? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but no. <laughs> but no. Seriously, edit that out. <laughs> But no, it was that he was, I think he really, truly was going a little insane in his head. Seriously. I mean, he had this poisoning mm. in his head. That's really bad stuff. And yeah, but, you know, that, that, that's like I said, that's why we, we try to get away. Most of us and they get away from doing use, that. They used to use mercury for um, a healing people back in the crazy 1800s, you know, um, mm-hmm. when they would bleed you and, and drain your blood and, into a bowl and all these you know, our barbaric kind of, you know, healing yeah. techniques, and they were crazy. And people finally got better because they would the doctors would leave them alone, and they would get better. Right, Literally, right. yes. So, yeah, they, that's they, something else. They used to put formaldehyde in milk to help preserve it. Really? Back in the early days, before they realized what? the damage formaldehyde could do. Ew. Yep. Now they put and formaldehyde they in in uh, e cigarettes. Oh yeah, I did hear that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did, I have heard that. So yeah. Crazy. So y'all mm. quit quit doing the e-cigarettes. Oh, see, I went. People are going to be hating on me now because I'm sorry. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. No, you don't have to stop. <laughs> I complain and preach and everything else about people quit smoking. I'll you know, or just even if it's 
I mean, even if it's just a real cigarette, because, you know, if they saw the things that I have seen. Right. And don't get me wrong. My thing is, well, and my thing is, you know what? It's your own life. You need to do it. What uh works for you. So if that yeah. works for you and you need to do all those things, you know what? It, it's none of my business. And I, I truly yeah. think that way. I mean, I don't yeah. care what you do, how you do it, how, what you think. I don't care because, you know, it right. doesn't affect me personally. So that's how I feel about it. All right. That's true. That's <laughs> so, very true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm just trying to give myself a little bit of a... <laughs> so people don't hate me now. <laughs> You'll be okay. <laughs> Leslie, thank you for all you've done this week oh with gosh, your yes. amazing facts. Well, your you're crematorium. welcome. I, I love it. They're they're so interesting. So yeah, keep them coming. Well, thank you, girl. And uh, I'll see myself out. So how horrible is that? All those bodies in a crematorium that family members thought were being taken care of responsibly, thought that they were getting the ashes back from their loved ones, only to find out that there was... All those bodies just on the premises that were just laying around, basically. No. I, I cannot understand that for the life of me. How do you come to work every day with that kind of smell? I mean, I mean, how? yeah. I guess I understand the fact that the guy's got some mental issues due to the mercury from the amalgam. But, you mm. know, what? I know, but still. I mean, what kind of conscience can you have? Well, but so if you've got mental issues, you may not have a conscience. Yeah, but like you said, how can you come in there and smell that all the time? Yeah, I don't know. That's really sad. That's a sad story. It is a sad story. And luckily, we had an expert on a Malcolm to uh, join in with us. Yeah, that was me, (laughs) y'all. All right, guys. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.